Alex, another week, another Monday. Only the hottest Monday action going on around here. I'm bombing the AM with Scoops and the Wolf. Patrick Klebeck, how are you doing, sir? I missed. I thought it was okay for me to walk away from the last 15 seconds of your Patriots game last night. No, no. <laughs> you cannot do that. I went away. Like I just walked away. I was like, ah, it's, it's over. And then... What the hell, man? And then something you heard someone explode in the next room or in another in another house somewhere down the street. Oh, I just I, yeah, I just checked Twitter and all of a sudden just everyone freaking out. I'm like, what the hell is everyone freaking out about? It's like, oh, 15 second bomb. I yeah, I it's been a while since the heart attack pats have been around. You know, for a while it was just kind of the dominant pats, and then this year they obviously haven't been nearly as good as they've been in previous years. And I'd kind of started to write them off a little bit after last week. Um. I remember saying to my girlfriend, like, after the, they got the ball back with, like, 30 seconds left, saying, man, it would be really great if they brought back the heart attack pats right now, but I don't know if I believe that that's actually going to happen. And then, lo and fucking <laughs> behold, that shit happens. I explode, and then I hear the entire sports bar that's, like, a block down the street from my apartment just erupt in, like, holy shit, what the fuck. Oh, that that, that would be pretty amazing. I bet, I like, to actually be watching that at a bar with a bunch of people that are clearly depressed they're probably ordering drinks to try and forget the game yeah and then to have that happen at the end i bet that's pretty good yeah because this is you know this is a bad time to be a new york football fan you know at least the jets it's weird the jets are doing something i'll give them that but the, <sighs> geno smith is interesting yeah i'll, I'll give him he's that. a rookie you know he's a rookie but the giants man who yeah uh and separate from that, you know, I didn't, Bears had already played on Thursday and, and won against the Giants. But man, I, I, my fantasy imploded. Yes, on Sunday, my, mine is Randall, been Cobb, for Randall a while. Cobb gone. Who's, who did I, who else did I lose? Uh, I lost James uh, Jones your... in our giant bomb league, so I, I, I felt the sting of that game as well. I lost, I lost three different players across. Like, crucial players in, in different leagues. Oh, yeah, no, I, so Stephen Ridley, who I, I had picked up early because he was one of the uh, top running back prospects this year, didn't do anything. Yeah. Oh, then all, all, all of a sudden the Patriots have a running game and he scores 22 points. I know, and I right? have him on my bench. God damn it. Yeah, it's the worst. Fantasy football is the worst, and yet I do it every <sighs> single goddamn year in multiple leagues. Nothing stops me. Nothing stops me torturing myself. I'm What am I? I'm one in f- I think I'm about to be one in five in our league. Um... <laughs> Because my yeah, team just cannot pull yeah. it together. I'm winning in our giant bomb league, though, so I'm I'm beating a bunch of giant bomb users I don't actually know very well. Uh, and I'll, see, that's all that matters. Yeah, that's really all that matters. As long as there's um, some kind of victory in there. So this weekend, you you played the Wolf Among Us. I did. Telltale's latest like game. You you played it start to finish. I imagine probably because it's only what it's like a couple two hours. hours long. Yeah, it's it's like two two and a half hours at most. Um, it's, uh, yeah, so this is, you know, based on the Fables comic series, which is about uh, a group of, you know, uh, fairy tale and storybook characters all living together under the guise of being normal humans in kind of a modernish society. I think the comics take place, like, in the 2000s, whereas this takes place in, like, the early to mid-80s in New York. Right. Um, so it has much more of like kind of a grimy New York feel than than like the the whole thing takes on kind of like a noir like uh, atmosphere to it. It's you know you play as uh, Bigby who is the big bad wolf. Uh, you are the sheriff of Fable Town, and you are so so to 
Do people look? Yes, they look human. And the way that, the reason okay. they look human is because they have spells cast upon them that make them look human. But that's really expensive. Okay. So sometimes you'll see certain fables like hiding in their normal garb. Like, you know, Mr. Toad it doesn't have the money to, to make himself look human. So he's walking around his apartment building as a frog, which you're not supposed to do. That's against the law of, of fables. So, you you know, you admonish him for that. Are people, is the human side aware that there are creatures? No. It is all okay. meant to so, obfuscate okay. and confuse humanity from knowing what is going on over there. Uh, and so I won't get into any spoilers because it's obviously a five episode season and I don't really want to, you know, kind of, there's a nice little, you know, twist at, 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 toward the end of this one that I, I absolutely do not even want to telegraph. But okay. Um, what I will say is that this is an absolutely perfect fit for what uh, Telltale likes to do with its games. It's a detective story with kind of a weird, fantastical twist to it. Um, it fits absolutely in line with what they did with Walking Dead, the sort of choice-making, the, the quick-time events, the, the, the basic exploration and, and dialogue tree stuff that they do. It all fits together really, really well. Um, Bigby is a really interesting character. You know, they, they, they set him up pretty nicely to begin with. You meet a nice cadre of different uh, fable side characters, like, you know, one of the, the three little <coughs> pigs. Uh, your assistant through through much of the episode is, uh, is, is uh, I believe, Snow White. Um, and then uh, there's also, you know, Beauty and the Beast live in your apartment building. Uh, they're having marriage problems. Like, there's all sorts of, like, crazy shit going on. The Woodsman is this, like prostitute beating you know alcoholic who you have to stop at the very beginning of the game because he's like destroying the apartment building he and mr toad and a few other people live in uh it's dark and it's kind of fucked up but it's 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 really interesting the way they've kind of tied that story together and the the mystery they're starting to build out of that it sounds i guess the reason i was cautious about this was not even not even fable's fault but i, I watched that once upon a time show yeah. for like seven episodes because I thought the premise sounded all right. Hey, and it's it was a bad a bunch show. Of, yeah, and it was a bunch of ex Lost writers. So usually I watch at least a couple episodes of folks that were involved in that show. Um, and that that show is terrible. Mm -hmm. That show is complete garbage. And <laughs> and so I think part of that has stuck out in my mind as fables. You know, the Wolf Among Us has has kind of come together because it's just like, well, that. That sucked. So yeah. why, why do I want another one of those? But it sounds like the darker take uh, seems seems to be. Working yeah, the fact that well this is them. much more like just a, a sustained mystery as opposed to you know kind of like what weird. Uh, I mean, again, it's one episode, so I can't say this for certain, but it seems like it's going to be a longer term sustained kind of you know mystery solving thing over the course of the five episodes versus just like, hey, you know, what fantastical character can we bring in this week and then this week and whatever, and it's it's. It, it, they're building up uh, some some pretty dark themes and some pretty you know shadowy kind of behind the scenes happenings in Fable Town. Uh, your boss is Ichabod Crane, who is like this ridiculous asshole. Um, like <coughs> he literally ends your one scene of, of dialogue with him by screaming at 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 uh uh God, why can I keep forgetting? I keep forgetting Snow White. He keeps yelling at Snow White to make sure to call his masseuse to make sure he can get his massage appointment early. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. And then he's a, his assistant is an alcoholic flying monkey from Oz. So, you know, it's like there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of really good weird shit in there. And the the writing is as good as anything in the first episode of The Walking Dead, I think. Like the character interactions hmm. and the dialogue choices and the way that stuff builds up is really really good. I was super impressed with it. Like I had no idea what to think of fa the Fables comic beforehand. I've never read them. 
I didn't know much about them before I went and saw the game a couple of months ago. Um, but playing it has me super intrigued, and I, I really am looking forward to the other episodes of this. I mean, the Walking Dead was a lot of, here, let's set up some really distressing moral choices, you know, a lot of gray area, a lot of whatever you do, it still kind of sucks, and it's just a matter of, do you have this the conviction to believe in this version of the suck that right. you have to go down? It does. Is that is that similar here, or is it you know like are the you know without giving away what the choices are necessarily like what sort of temperament are are the choices? Well, so I mean, I'll, I'll give away one because it comes it comes pretty early in in the first episode. You're given the choice where you're investigating a murder. I won't say of who or why to what ex- what extent. Um, and you have two options in front of you that are pretty blatant. One, you can go and tell the husband of the person who's been murdered. Uh, what's going on after sort of finding out who he is and a ba- have a vague understanding of where, where the case is starting to begin and take shape. Uh, or you can you take a phone call from Toad, who is, you know, it sounds like someone's ripping through the apartment, you know, looking for something like there's there, like he's in danger. So you have the choice where you can either leave Toad to his devices for, you know, a while and go tell the husband first. Or you can go check on Toad and risk maybe, you know, something happening where you go back to the husband and he's either not there or, you know, there's hmm. something is going on. So there's a couple of different ways things like that can play out. And there's also, like, dialogue choices. Like, you know, if you say if you respond to uh, uh, Snow White's uh, questions, you know, re- repeatedly, like, in, in different ways. Like, she'll, it'll do the she took note of that, she re- she will remember that kind of answers the way The Walking Dead did. So, so I actually... Did not know this was the case, but now I have a huge issue with The Wolf Among Us, mm-hmm. having not played it yet, which is exactly what you were talking about there. So, uh, in The Walking Dead, you the game defaulted to having story notifications turned on, which yes. basically meant that when a character took note of a decision, uh, it kind of basically gave you a you know a text readout of you know someone took note of this didn't tell you exactly what it meant or how it would come into play later right but at least told you that a character had had taken note of that or noticed something you did mm-hmm. uh, I found from the way I like to play that game uh, when I would see stuff like that I would start framing the game too much like a game sure and I would often not respond as emotionally like because for example I, I know that like a lot of people I tend to end up playing good characters mm-hmm. uh in, in video games uh, uh you know some sort of extension or reflection of of myself but i found that i picked more honest answers if i didn't think the game was watching me and calculating it even if you know if i thought about it like of course it probably is i just didn't when, when i didn't have that notification i was able to step back a little bit from it and in, i guess in wolf among us you cannot turn those off oh, those okay. are just ingrained into the game the Chris Sullentrop, the, the the New York Times writer, uh, mentioned it on on Twitter just uh, a couple of minutes before we started. Uh, I think I, I didn't I really hope... notice that because I didn't turn those off in Walking Dead because I think I don't know. I guess maybe just for me, they didn't really bother me as much. Um, I didn't mind taking note of the fact that something I had said or done uh, had some impact on the grander scheme of things. You know, it didn't. I didn't mind knowing that. And honestly, like a lot of the times the dialogue choices that you are making that actually do have an impact, you don't always notice that those are, those seem as important as they are. Like sometimes mm-hmm. it's just a matter of, you know, uh, snow asking you, uh, you know, like giving you a list of suspects and saying, who do you think it is? And, you know, whoever you name in that is someone that she'll remember later on. 
you know, you don't think it's really a big deal. You think you're just having casual, you know, we're investigating conversation and then that becomes a thing. I chose to not respond with anyone. So, you know, like hmm. silent, they, they emphasize early on that silence is a totally legitimate answer if you don't feel like answering something. And that can have its own, you know, kind of set of uh, uh, reactions to it. Yeah, I, m- I remember talking to uh, Sean Vanneman and Jake Rodkin, who, you know, have since uh, split off to form their own thing. But, you know, they wrote the first season or were kind of the lead designers on uh, The Walking Dead's first season. And they said that was something they wanted, you know, that was kind of introduced in The Walking Dead, this idea that you can not respond, you know, right. just have these sort of ellipses. And they said that was, as the series went on, was the most challenging thing to write and design around was the amount of people that actually continued to, like, mostly choose to not respond or engage. Uh, that, that as a, I guess, as a writer and a designer, that became one of their bigger challenges was to continue to allow that to be an option Um Especially in situations where you kind of come across as a gigantic asshole oh, yeah. by not picking an option. <laughs> or, you know, a mute. You could be one of the two. Because apparently there is like an all-mute playthrough version of Walking Dead that you can do. I've never bothered to do it. Uh, I started playing one episode a second time that way. And I was like, you know what? I can't do this for an entire game. I, it would drive me crazy. Right. Um, but I did find myself actually using the silence option a couple of times, uh, this time, just because it felt like there were moments where I just didn't really want to give a definitive answer. So I felt like contemplative silence was perhaps the more, you know, character specific and correct way to respond. Uh, and you know, the, the way the characters react to that stuff is, is pretty right. It feels pretty right on. Like, it doesn't feel like they're berating you for not talking all the time. It feels like, you know, they just sort of are taking your silence to mean something else entirely, which is you know, makes sense. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to playing it. I would definitely get to, get to it this week. Yeah. You get a solid Um, couple hours in front of you. You can, you can blow through that thing, but not in like a, you'll miss anything kind of way. Like it's, it's breezy, but has just enough to it to kind of keep you like totally focused on it the entire way through. Yeah. I do like, I do like the, the time element, uh, the idea that, you know, where you choose to go and and investigate actually ends up influencing the game as a, as a form of choice. Even if it, feels less uh, active than, you know, kill this person or this right. person or, you know, choose this dialogue choice. Like, I think that's a new wrinkle uh, that, that could you – could, you could easily see how down the line they could put you into some really uncomfortable situations oh, yeah. with that idea. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really good stuff. I, I highly recommend it to anyone who enjoyed The Walking Dead at all, even if the, fa- the Fables, like, environment and, and, you know, backstory doesn't sound like it would be your thing. Trust me when I say I don't care about dark fairy tales at all, but this shit is actually really, really well done. Interesting. Um, I finished, finished Rayman Legends over the weekend. Well, fin- like, finished right. Rayman Legends. You still got I, some, uh, some, some dudes to go collect, I assume. Well, I, I collected probably... You know, if you exclude the stuff that opens up along the way, like the Rayman Origins portraits that you can right. go back into, uh, the invasion stuff. I did probably half the invasion stuff that opened up as you play through the game. Um, and I did one of the Dark Rayman ones, which I, I really enjoyed those. I think those were a lot of fun, um, where you have to, you know, reframe your layout because Dark Rayman is copying your layout and so he can kill you if you run into your old self um i think it introduces a a pretty interesting set of strategic play there for sure um but i had only collected like half of the little dudes Mm -hmm. that you save throughout the game like there are there is a lot more to that game when the credits have rolled 
And uh, I don't think I'll end up collecting everyone, although I do think it actually seems pretty reasonable to do so. It's hard. Uh, I think... Like, I went back and tried to, to collect some of the, the, the more obscure ones and some of the harder levels, and yeah, it's tough, but it's, it's definitely not impossible. Like, if I had tried to do that in Origins, I think I would have gotten so frustrated I would have, you know, probably thrown a controller across the room. I felt like I... There were a couple I was having a real hard time getting, but, like, some of the ones I'd missed before... I just, like, by paying attention to it and knowing they were there, I felt like I, I had a much easier time going back and getting them. Yeah, I I, I, I think it's going to quickly turn into, uh, now that I've sort of, like, taken in the aesthetic and and, and, and the audio and stuff like that, uh, I'll feel okay turning down the volume and just playing it, like, when I'm watching games on Sundays. Right. Like, I, uh, and I'll just start collecting more, uh, more of the dudes. But I need to at least, even if I don't get to, to all 700... Uh, I want to see that last world, mm-hmm. which I have. Have you? Did you unlock the last world? I did not unlock the very last thing. Okay, so I'm going to spoil what that last thing is because maybe it will motivate you to do it as well because it's what motivated me. To, I have to see this stuff now. So slight spoiler, I guess, to cover your ears for the next ten seconds. Mm-hmm. But there are eight bit versions of all of the music levels. Oh no shit! Okay. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I mean, I got through all the main game stuff, and I played a bunch of, like, the Origins levels and, you know, like, all the different side stuff, but okay. How how did you end up with that? I don't know. Someone on Twitter mentioned it to me. They're like, oh, make sure you get the last world, and I was like, ah, you know, like, I I finished the credits, so it's, you know, the game is at least signaling to me you have seen most of what I have to offer, and now it's just a matter of going to uh, get everything else, but then when I found out what that last world was... I was like, oh, I need to, I need to see that. Given that you know those stages were those are the best far and away. Like, yeah, easily the best part of the game for me. I I, I like yeah. the the touchscreen stuff and I liked a lot of it, but man, those musical levels were easily the most fun thing in that game for me. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I I had I had so much fun with that. Uh, I you know disheartened a little bit to see the game, uh, you know, dropping in price so quickly, which suggests it it didn't sell particularly well. But uh, I don't you know I don't know that for a fact. Um, but man, what a good game. Like what a, what a just, what a goddamn great game. Like I, I had way too much fun with that. And, uh, as I started to realize that it was ending, it, it really bummed me out because I would have played easily a game twice as long oh, yeah. uh, of, of that quality. Yeah. It's, I mean, the Rayman stuff is interesting because I think by and large, it's <coughs> definitely the best stuff Ubisoft has been producing for the last couple of years. I mean, they've made some damn good games, you know, in recent years, but like the Rayman resurgence is totally crazy to me because that was not a franchise I ever completely expected to get resurged at all, you know, to ever really become a thing again before Origins came along. Like, well, it seemed like Rabbids was going yeah. to essentially take that and, you know, that was the new Rayman for Ubisoft in terms of having sort of a mascot uh, set of characters, and they drove that into the ground. Yeah, I mean that's uh, just a cartoon about as now. far as they could. Um, and the, the fact that you know Rayman is now a legitimate character again, uh, I, you know, regardless of whether they do much else with him, uh, I think is is pretty fascinating. And yeah, those are just yeah. I, now I just want to see what you know Michelle Ancel does next because. I think we, God you damn. and I talked. Like, I wish I, I, I could just give Ubisoft my sixty dollars now. Like, let him do whatever he wants, please. Uh, here's my sixty. I'm in. Yeah, it, I, I think you and I talked before that we would like to see maybe him do something other than Rayman next. Um, whether that's Beyond Good and you know Good and Evil Two or something else entirely. Uh, but if you want something other Rayman, I won't. I won't argue. 
I will play another Rayman. <laughs> I won't argue either. Like I, I, I think Origins and Legends are two of the best platformers of the last probably like decade or so. Um, you know, there's obviously a couple of big Mario games and other things in there too. But like, as far as like 2D platformers go, I can't think of anything like I've had more fun with than than those two games in the last few years. No, no, and especially contrasted against you know what Nintendo has done with Mario in the 2D realm. Yeah. Um, you know the I think the original or the Wii New Super Mario Brothers was a game I had a lot of fun with um, at the time, but it also didn't stick with me right. uh, beyond the, the, the time that I had it's it. It's fun. And, and yeah, but, but I, I don't know if it was particularly memorable, nah. especially within the uh, general Mario canon, and especially put up against you know games like Super Mario 3D Land on yeah. the 3DS um, or the Galaxy games. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean Rayman is just... You know, this generation, like an, a phenomenal 2D platformer up with the likes of uh, Super Meat Boy uh, for me. You know, for different sure. types of different types of platformers. Not a sadistic, but, but no, no, but but definitely up there in terms of uh, terms of my favorites. Totally. Um, and then uh, I just figured I'd just keep rolling on the, the Ubisoft train and I, I booted up uh, Splinter Cell Blacklist, ah. which very quickly I, I was afraid that if I didn't try and sneak in that game now. Uh, I at no point would I ever go back to it. Oh, absolutely uh, not. You would. Would you have? Like, if you've looked at the calendar for the next couple of weeks, like you basically have seven days at this point before everything fucking flies off the handle. So yeah, yeah. So I, you know, whether or not uh, most games I start, I tend to finish. So my guess is I will finish Blacklist, but uh, I at least wanted to get into it and get a get a sense of it uh, before we kind of get hit with a tidal wave. And uh, yeah, I don't. I I played one mission. Mm-hmm. You know, where I played like the intro, and then I played the first first main mission and uh, I don't I don't I don't know how I feel about it which I guess is one way of saying that I don't like it but I think I actually do like it I think I just need to spend some more time uh with it how's James Spader in it he seems fine who is which character is I'm, he playing? I'm joking he has that blacklist show that's oh that's right he's yeah. got that show yeah he's got that show and also apparently on this week's show not only is are they really uh hammering home the, basically they're really hammering home the whole this guy is sort of like Hannibal Lecter except not thing because uh they got the guy from manhunter who was originally the villain in manhunter to be a blacklist villain this week okay so it's i don't know that show is weird i don't know if you've watched any of that show i've tried to watch no. a little bit of that show it's fucking weird it james spader i love i really like james spader but yeah. there seemed to be a, a it was james spader being too much james spader when i was watching oh there's no such it was thing too james, hammy there's no such thing as too much james spader I don't know. I also couldn't take him seriously with the hat. Have you ever seen Crash? I have seen Crash. Yeah. And I really liked... Uh, Not the racist the Crash, show? but the car crash movie. Crash. No. What was the the, 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 the the lawyer show he was in with... Uh, oh, uh, Boston Legal? Yeah. yeah. But he was awesome in Boston Legal. That was a great show. Him and Shatner was together was a pretty good pairing. Yeah. That was a lot. I That show was way better... Then it had any right to be, and it was mostly because of those two. Yeah. All right. So talk about um, actual blacklist. Talk about actual Splinter Cell. Like, how, what? How is that treating you so far? Well, it's it's interesting because it's obvious how much Assassin's Creed has influenced so much about all the other games at that company. Right. Um. It's very it's very early on that the game tries to hammer home the idea of you slinking about uh and 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 crawling in ways that feel uh, awfully Assassin's Creed like. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, in a way that I think I think fits the game. Um, I think w- what I need to try and figure out, and, and the part that I was having some trouble with, uh, was that 
So stealth games differ on how they approach uh, sort of the alert stage, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. um, in terms of when you are caught, does that essentially mean it's game over, uh, even if you're not dead, uh, or should you try and continue to, to play and, and go from there? Like, for example, in the Metal Gear games, even though there is an alert phase, you know, oftentimes I would find that the amount of time I would wait for that alert phase to go away, I might as well just die and start the sequence over again. Right. Um, and that's... You know, a lot of what got me to get really frustrated with that series because that just seemed like an enormous time waster um, and a very, you know, like ineffective game design. Um, So I started playing Splinter Cell kind of with that mindset of when I would get caught, uh, I would just let myself get killed and then I would just kind of start the sequence over again. But there do seem to be a lot of things in place, such as they have uh, this mechanic where... uh, when you are are caught and when you move out of the way, you will see a silhouette of Sam that's like they call it your last known position. And that's supposed to be, you know, this idea that if you can get away, well, they're going to go there and you'll know where they're going to go so that you actually can counterattack. Right. So I think I need to part of the reason I was having some trouble with the game was because my specific playstyle that I was trying to uh, enact, which was partially based on my response to previous stealth games. Uh, meant that maybe I was not playing the game in the way that you were supposed to, in in the sense that you, you it, the 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 world and the combat situations are a little more dynamic and not black and white. Sure. In in the sense that uh, when you are caught, you know you can kind of keep going. Right. Um, so I need to give that another shot, and it's a, it's a it's an awfully pretty looking game. Mm-hmm. It plays really well. Um, you know, I I, I like the execute. Uh, mechanic as as dark as that is to say <laughs> sure. to say out loud. Sure. I do like the idea of how you can mark people, then track them, and then you know set them up in situations uh, where you uh, uh, can kind of take them all at once. And um, I also have gotten the sense of when I expressed a, a slight ambivalence on Twitter about the game that you know for a lot of people uh, they look at this as a spiritual successor to Chaos Theory, which sure. I know is definitely regarded as the best or, or one of the best Splinter Cell games. I think that's the last games. one I played pretty much the whole way through. Right, and specifically people were huge fans of the Mercs vs. Spies um, yeah. multiplayer mode, uh, of which... Also that soundtrack. Uh, it, I, I didn't play Chaos Theory. That one had... Uh, I remember that was one of the, the early instances of some like uh, major like DJ, musician type uh, doing the soundtrack. I just can't remember who it was offhand. It was like one of those like Ninja yeah. Tune dudes. Yeah, and I, I I remember I remember hearing about that too. So, um, and so I don't really engage with the multiplayer stuff. So uh, you know, a part of the game is kind of lost for me because that's just not something I'm particularly interested sure. uh, in doing. But I'll keep playing it because uh, you know, Wolf Among Us I'll get through pretty quickly. I finished Rayman Legends, and like by and large, I feel sort of caught up. Although everyone talking about Pokemon is making me think I should try. Yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. Like everyone is talking about Pokemon, and I feel left out. To be fair, everyone was talking about Animal Crossing for a long time there. And granted, I'm much more of an Animal Crossing person than a Pokemon person mm-hmm. in that I have played Animal Crossing, and I have never played Pokemon. Um, but I fell off of Animal Crossing pretty hard after, I don't know, I'm going to say like a month and a half, two months. Uh, my, sure. my girlfriend still plays it. I don't. I feel like I would probably end up in the same scenario where I got, I would start playing Pokemon, I would get really into Pokemon for like a month, and then I would probably just put it by the side and never actually finish it or do anything with it. I don't need more games like that right now. I need games I can actually finish. (laughs) I need to complete things. 
We need to actually get something done. I know what everyone's t everyone's talking about Pokemon. I know. It's really annoying because I don't know anything about goddamn Pokemon. <laughs> I know about Ash Ketchum. That's like, about that's it. That's all I saw on Twitter. Team Rocket. That's all I saw on Twitter this weekend was just... Team Rocket in this one? Meowth, Meowth, that's right. Is there a Squirtle? I probably know... I probably know more about the Pokemon cartoon uh, than I know about actual Pokemon. Because I, I used to kind of religiously watch the Pokemon cartoon before I went to school. Yeah, I... Not ashamed of that. Not ashamed of that. I guess you're actually just about the right age to have at least caught wind of that. I was... I think I was just too old when people... Like, when kids really started getting into Pokemon and became, like, a big deal uh, to actually, you know... Like, I was at that teenage phase where it was like, ugh, whatever, that shit's for kids. Um, yeah, and, and just Pokemon never got Red and Blue, Red and Blue came out when I was. Hold on, I'm trying to scrape my brain. I think I was definitely in middle school, but I don't know sixth, seventh, or eighth. I'm not sure, right. but I, I was I, I was absolutely you know I was absolutely of the right age for Red and Blue to hook me hard, and I think I played through Pokemon Yellow. Mm. Um, which is the Pikachu focused version, and then I like, have not touched a single one since. Although you know, like any sane person, I did become obsessed with Pokemon Snap because you mm. can enjoy Pokemon Snap regardless of your enjoyment of Pokemon. Yeah, I, uh, God, I, I, I have dabbled in Pokemon Snap. I never really played it much, but I did watch Ryan Davis play a lot of Pokemon Snap. I remember him being a big old fan of that game, uh, and I thought that was cute, but. I never owned it. Again, Pokemon was never my thing when I was when I was that you know the age when Pokemon was a big deal, and it never I never caught up with it as the years went on. And I feel like I feel like it's too late for me, man. You know, it's like if I start Pokemon now, it just it just wouldn't feel right. It wouldn't feel like I belong there. You know, I'm just. I think you're selling yourself short, Alex. I, think I mean, you, I do that I a lot. You... <laughs> I do that sometimes, but I also think I might be right this time. Uh, I, I, but I, I do, I do sympathize with your perspective that, uh, the, the idea of getting caught up. I mean, obviously, you know, Pokemon is an RPG. Yes. It's, uh, games like that aren't short. No. And there, there's, time is a precious commodity as we head into the next month and a half of our lives. Ugh. Uh, if we want to, uh, sort of remain current as we head towards game of the year stuff. And so I am, I am, I am tempted by Pokemon, but I, you know. Short of a download code for ye old eShop mm. showing up in my email, I I think I can probably resist the temptation. That's a big download to too. Jump in. Everyone's telling me that game is a big download, so you know. It's a couple gigs or something mind like your space. that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Pokemon. So I don't know. Poke. I, I just it was bothering me over the week. I was starting to get that itch where I don't want to play this because I want to play this. I want to play this because I feel left out, and it was bumming me out. <laughs> I'm used to feeling left out, so I'm I'm like okay with it now. Like I, I can I can kind of just roll with it, uh, especially in circumstances where I don't feel like I necessarily need to be included. And I don't think I need to be included in the Pokemon uh, phenomenon. So I guess that's true. I guess that's, that's just true. Me. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what I played over the weekend. You you played you checked out some WWE thing, right? Yeah. So I, a couple of embargoes came up uh, late last week and this morning for things I saw last week. Uh, you may have seen the well before I get to wrestling. You may have seen the uh, Madden Coach Glass trailer that went up on the site recently, which is all about tablets and next gen Madden and shit. That was the one thing I couldn't talk about when we were talking about EA Sports games last week. Right. Uh, 
the trailer's on the site. You can see what it is. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about that, but I will say that is actually cooler than you think it is. Uh, okay. The other embargo that came up this morning was some more WWE 2K14 stuff, which I won't bore you with excruciating details because I know you don't really play pay attention to wrestling at all. So it, a no. lot of this stuff is pretty obscure, like minutia that people would not uh, understand unless they watch wrestling. But I will say that what I played of the game and what I checked out of it uh, actually led me to believe that this year's game is actually going to be quite good. Um hmm. The engine is still very much the same gameplay-wise, uh, but they have fixed some of the AI stuff that used to drive me crazy in that game. Not all of it, but some of it. Uh, all the creation stuff is still there, including the story stuff, so video game championship wrestling can continue on unabated. Uh, have, they, have they expanded? Because I will say, even though I could not care less about this game, uh, watching those those story mode videos that people were making were was, you know... I want to I learn about some more ghost problems. Yeah. They, Am I going to learn about more ghost problems this year? I think most of the same ghost problems that were in there last year uh, are in there <laughs> this year. I, that's one of those modes that I think they just they kept in, but they didn't really add much to because it's been. That's so- too bad. They are missing. They are missing the way to bring in an outside audience. Part of my through that. Part of my secret hope is that they never get around to fixing that mode. They just keep adding things to it because of how broken it is. Is kind of what makes it great. Yeah, you're, you're right. And you're right. If it actually became good, yeah, it would it would ruin part of the magic. I yeah, guess. I don't want good uh, uh, wrestling storytelling. I want the worst, most incoherent possible. And it seems like that shit will be there for sure. Um, most of the changes they made are more to like the universe mode, which is just like the like the endless career thing that you go through. They've added like rivalries and other stuff to that, which is is all pretty smart. The only thing that I was really surprised by and and liked uh that was new the rest of it was just stuff i'd seen before that was more finished now uh was this thing they added to the 30 years of wrestlemania mode called the streak which is about the undertaker never having been beaten uh at wrestlemania so there's Hmm. two ways to play it you can either try and beat his streak uh with any wrestler in the game uh the problem is you are facing a version of the undertaker that has his ai completely reprogrammed to be like a last boss so anytime you hit him with a finisher uh, he'll either pop right back up or the lights will go out in the arena and he will just pop up behind you and then hit you with a tombstone or something. That's pretty good. Yeah, so they made him super, super hard to beat, which is uh, kind of great. Um, and the other version is you're just the Undertaker and you're just taking on an endless string of opponents that just keep running out and trying to beat you. Uh, so it's like this endless gauntlet match of dudes uh, that is... It's the kind of, like, you know, fringe competitive stuff they haven't really done with any of those games in a long time. It's like a, you know, it's like a mini game, basically. But it's the kind of thing that I wish they would do more of. Uh, sure. And this actually seems like it's pretty good and pretty fun. Everything about that game seems pretty fun. Uh, uh, to- Tovan is asking, have they have they fixed the effing loading time? You can say fucking on the show, Patrick. You can just say fucking. Um, okay. It's not a family show. No one's awake this early. Uh, I... The version I saw on 360 had load times, but they were not abysmal. I think the 360 version is always loaded than the, faster than the PS3 version, so I would say I don't know Part if for they the have course. fixed the PS3 version. Hmm. Hmm. So that's what I got. But, uh, you know, that game looks fun. It's out in a couple weeks. They're supposed to send it to me soon for review, so I'll have more to say about that then. But I will say that I have liked what they have showed of me thus far. So Cool. All right, well, uh, let's point out to people in the chat if they want to ask questions, shoot them my way. We'll start checking out some of those after we get through uh, some of the brief headlines. Yeah, I got uh, I got one good weekend. one that I think is kind of funny. Uh, okay. Is uh, Daz Dillinger, rapper from the Dog Pound, is very upset 
that Grand Theft Auto V uses uh, a couple of his songs in the game, and he was uh, apparently not paid uh, in a way that he feels was in accordance with uh, his his licensing rights and what have you. Uh, he was apparently never said he never approved the, the song being in the game. Uh, he just wants to sue and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this is interesting for a couple of reasons, because one, he sounds like he has a pretty legitimate case. I mean, if he just didn't sign off on the, the, the song being in the game, then clearly, you know, something's wrong there. The problem is, uh, th and this, this is actually kind of an interesting lesson in music licensing, because if you look at the credits for that game, uh, this is something mm -hmm. that Dan Teasdale pointed out on Twitter. There are like five different music publishing and label groups that own the rights to those songs, like if not more. Hmm. So a lot of times what will happen is that uh, when something like this happens, usually the, the publisher is just going to one of those licensing companies or publishing groups or labels and getting it through them. Uh, there were tons of artists that appeared in Rock Band that I don't think necessarily knew they were appearing in Rock Band until they had already been announced because we did the negotiations with the labels. You know, it's like that's how that stuff works. Yeah, I find so. I find this interesting because there are tons of people I've seen on forums like freaking out, like how could Rockstar just steal his song? How could all this happen? It's like no, no one, no one stole his song. They just licensed it through a different group and paid what they wanted to pay because he was apparently very insulted by the fact that he only got offered like a few grand for each song, which I can understand. That sounds like not very much money, but especially for right. a game that made, what, a billion dollars already? Yeah. Uh, but it, it's just funny to me to see people, like, sort of leap all over this and just because nobody understands how music publishing works at all. I didn't understand it for many, many years. Never made any sense to me. Still doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. But, you know, especially in, in rap music when you're using a lot of samples and there's different musical groups you have to clear stuff through, uh it can get really convoluted and fucked up really quickly. So do you get the sense that this maybe is a story where someone's just trying to grab a headline alongside GTA's skyrocketing success as opposed to a legitimate beef? I think he has legitimate beef. I mean, in the sense that I think he is pissed off and I think he was insulted that he didn't get offered more money for it. But I also think that he maybe doesn't even necessarily know who owns the rights to all his songs anymore because that stuff can get transferred and sold and changed over as companies morph and close and different things happen. So it's actually possible they licensed it through someone that he has no like immediate contact with other than receiving checks every now and again. Yeah, there was a... This is completely unrelated to, to music, but there was a, a game that came out on Steam recently. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it, it sort of doesn't matter. But basically, it was published on Steam, and the original developer um, sort of like released a comment saying, like, oh, we didn't know our game was being released on Steam. We didn't we, we didn't know this was happening. Oh, dear. Because I guess, I guess what had happened was the company that published it, uh, I think in Russia – had you know given the international rights to a separate company, mm. and that company then took the game and put it on Steam, uh, you know without consulting the original developer because they didn't need to according to, you know the the, the rights uh, that that they were sold. Um, but you know that's that's you know there's a case where you know it sounds like maybe something similar occurred where just the way rights are sold and who has control over what you know allows them to do certain things that are not necessarily with the consent of uh, their original creator. Uh, rights holding, copyright, all that kind of stuff, especially when it comes to like multiple publishers, multiple cooks in the kitchen kind of situations are so confusing and convoluted and awful. It's why my lifelong dream of being a music supervisor, I just never really pursued it because realizing all the contractual work and horrible like logistics involved in trying to make something like that happen 
uh, gave me the worst headaches I've possibly ever had. So, you know, sorry. I, I'm, I'm giving up that dream forever because I just don't even want to deal with that shit. Yeah, that sounds like a giant pain in the ass. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Not, not, like, a lot of small stuff happened. Like, I'm not even going to pretend to care that Kingdom Hearts 2.5 remix was announced. <laughs> I can't. Mm-hmm. I played through Kingdom Hearts 2 once, and once was enough to suffer that much. Like, that story didn't make any sense, and I wanted to die by the end. Tetsuya Nomura, please, please leave Square Enix. Please. Sure. You see this weird headline about... Ellen Page, nude model being tucked away inside Beyond Two Souls. Yeah, so I guess the European version of that game has some kind of like mild nudity moment in it. Um, I don't know. That was something they did in Indigo Prophecy as well, where there was like naked stuff, and there was actually like you could see stuff in the sex scene in that game in Europe. But they did they took that out of uh of the American version, if I recall correctly. Um, so yeah, it doesn't surprise. There is like uh. There are moments where, like, Ellen Page is, like, taking a shower or tr- dressing herself. But they obviously, in, in the American version, they uh, they pan away so that you can't see any of the, uh, 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 what's the uh, sensitive term? Uh, boobage. Um, but in this case, uh, I guess that the, the, someone found a way to, to hack into the game and, and, and bring out the Ellen Page nude model. I have not gone and looked this up myself, uh, what, because I have... Um, uh, self-respect. So I didn't... Uh, <laughs> oh, was, oh did we, were you searching for the words there? Yeah, I was searching for the words. I was looking for the right term. But because um, I don't really care about seeing... Uh, oh, apparently they did censor the European version as well. I don't know. I, I, th- I had heard at some point that there was a, a, a naked Ellen Page somewhere in one of those versions of the game. But I guess there is in the game. They just didn't show it. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't really care about seeing digital Ellen Page naked personally. Um, that doesn't do a whole lot for me. Uh, but hey, good luck. You know, if, if that's if that floats your boat, um, I don't know. It's weird. It doesn't surprise me at all that 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 would be in there and that someone would go out of their way to dig that up. But Patrick, I mean, do you care? I don't care. No, I just think it's interesting that this happened a second time. This this also occurred in Heavy Rain, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, a a an unused model, but a fully rendered oh yeah that did uh, happen. I remember model was 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 found in the game, and there there were ways of glitching. Uh, glitching that out it, it does appear at least this is a little bit different in which you need a dev kit to make this work right um because you need to uh, uh get control of the camera uh which is only uh, i guess available uh using a dev kit so i i don't think this is going to you know potentially turn into a controversy for the game and or get you know any sort of recall because uh no unless no. you go on youtube there's pretty much no way uh, to see this for the for the average person. Also, M-rated game. I mean, it doesn't say you know new, contains yeah. nudity in sure. that, but yeah, it is that's an M-rated true. game. So that's a good point. Yeah, I guess. Uh, well, that was the difference with like Oblivion, right? Like Oblivion was rated teen, but then got an M because they had rendered out some models or something like that. That was a long time ago. I think that was the case. Uh, Phil Spencer says Xbox One PC cross-platform play makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. That seems like that would be cool. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know exactly. Uh, it's one thing to say that makes a lot of sense. It's quite another to actually give developers the opportunity to, to do something like that. But um, hey, Phil, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is right. Of course, I like that he points. Like this is uh, this headline's on joystick, but I guess think the actual website was, Os Gamers. 
Australian gamers. Uh, says, uh, he, I guess he pointed to Shadowrun. You know, the well-liked, well-beloved uh, reboot of Shadowrun. Um, oh, that, you mean the reboot did. of Shadowrun that I totally forgot existed until you just mentioned it right now. Yeah, but that did have the ability through uh, Games for Windows Live, if it was called that it did, at yes. that point, um, to, to play Xbox uh, and, and PC players at the same time. This generation has been long, mm-hmm. Alex. Like, Shadowrun was a game that came out. Yeah. I remember That's when weird. Shadowrun That's came out. Really... I remember when we tried to review it, and it wasn't very good. That Shadowrun yeah. was not very good. Shadowrun Returns was pretty good. I like that game. Uh, oh, the one thing we missed on uh, Friday, uh, Valve uh, released a uh, video demonstrating its new controller. Um, mm. I'm not sure if you had a chance to actually watch that. I have not. Well, okay. Well, that's great. Um, it looks it looks interesting. You should watch it just purely to see uh, how, how it functions. I, I don't think it goes too much further uh, in being able to dissuade uh, any critics uh, that, that don't quite know how that's going to work, but I think it's I think it is super fascinating, uh, and it's pretty cool that they use Papers, Please as one of the games um, they demonstrate, uh, basically trying to, I guess, I'd have to watch it again, but basically, like, they use both trackpads to allow you to manipulate the mouse control in a way, it's weird, you should watch it. Okay. Like, Papers, Please specifically, the way they use it is incredibly strange, but also kind of cool. Um, I like incredibly strange, but kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Speaking of papers, I please, uh, just real yeah. quick, that is $6 on sale on Steam right now uh, if you're looking for a good game for $6. Yeah, people uh, people should play that game. Totally. Um, I need to go back at some point and check out a couple more of the endings. Um, but I don't know. I That game was so depressing. I don't really want to go back and play it. <laughs> I kind of had my I kind of had my moment with it, and I, I feel like I've moved on. It definitely has an oppressive quality to it that makes it hard to want to keep playing it over and over again. But uh, that's sort of the point, then, isn't it? It is. Um, I don't know. I don't really. Amazing Spider-Man Two video game. Sure. Yeah, that's a that's sure. a video game that sounds like someone would make. Yeah, Beanox is okay. They're not. You know, they do you stuff. Could do worse. They made some you okay ports of Guitar Hero. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I never saw the Amazing Spider-Man. I didn't movie. either. I, I did not like. I really like my superhero movies, and I, I'll watch pretty much everything. But uh, I had zero interest in another Spider-Man flick. Yeah, a three really, story. really sucked a lot of the life out of whatever franchise you know that was at that point. And I mean, as much as I am glad that they got away from the Tobey Maguire uh, Peter Parker because he had gotten pretty insufferable by that movie. Uh, I don't care enough about spider-man to want to watch a new all new spider-man origin story so quickly after the last one let it breathe no but i do want to see paul giamatti as rhino (laughs) there is that and jamie fox uh, maybe i'll just yeah it's just it's just super strange oh doggy dog attack dog attack um they're just trying to protect me okay um yeah, I do want to see Paul Giamatti as as Rhino. So I want to see I'll Paul Giamatti as anything. Second one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, do you got anything else? I don't really see. I don't. Else. Uh, there's there there wasn't much uh, this weekend, so I will uh, I will I will I think we should move on from news at this point. Yeah. Uh, Blackwatch asked, "Do you think Nintendo will return to the Super Mario Galaxy series?" Eventually. I don't know. What do you think? I think eventually. I think. Uh, one, it's going to kind of depend on how the Wii U shakes out in the next year, year and a half. Um, 
obviously we're getting the the new 3d super mario world uh which looks great uh you and i have, have talked at length about how how much how we are looking forward to that one that's true um but i mean it kind of depends on where the wii u is in a year i mean it's like once that game comes out and then you know whatever comes out next year comes out like is that system still going to be supported uh by anyone other than nintendo are they gonna you know have anything to do with it in which case maybe there's a 3ds mario galaxy to be made that you know could be interesting uh if they wanted to go that route but um there's a lot of you know weird x factors to still consider with nintendo and it's like if they're not making that game right now then there's no reason to believe that it's you know in the immediate future something that they're working on it seems like you know if they're, they're trying to finish up this other mario game right now then those guys probably wouldn't go to work on a new galaxy until that's out and has been done for a while yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised necessarily if there was a Super Mario Galaxy 3, but yeah. I also feel like Super Mario Galaxy 2 took that, you know, took that, you know, that that sort of shakeup of the formula about as far as you could take it. You know, I think it's similar to uh, Rayman in the sense that would I happily play a Mario Galaxy 3 and would it probably surprise me at how, what they were able to do with something that I thought they had done everything they could do? Probably. Uh, but I also would uh, rather they get a chance to, you know, do something, you know, w whatever next spin they want to take on it. You know I mean? Like, Super Mario 3D Land was unique in the sense that it was a 3D game, but essentially a 2D game. Right. Like they, tr they, they tried to have it both ways and successfully managed to have it both ways um whereas you know galaxy is a, a full-on embrace of what is possible through uh three dimensions right. um you know uh, and so yeah i you know i i support that team doing whatever the hell they want to do Agreed. Uh, but i also feel like they are a team that whatever you throw them at uh, they will surprise you at at how good they are able to uh they, they seem you know like like michelle on like the ability for that team to do surprising and innovative things in a space that otherwise would seem constraining uh, continues to surprise me. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, I honestly, I do hope they make another one. In fact, and as much as I tend to doom say the Wii U, I don't want the Wii U to just disappear. You know, like I don't want that system to just go away. I'd rather it was successful because even if it is weird and kind of different than what the, the one and the PS4 are doing like I like that there's something else out there that's kind of bizarre and fringe and Nintendo has you know can do its own thing on it and ideally there's third-party support for it but you know obviously right now that's kind of an issue so I want that system to continue to be healthy and do well and I would love to see a new galaxy on that system because I bet it would look fucking gorgeous on it um, um I really like the suggestion from Minty Ice papers please set in the mushroom kingdom <laughs> oh fuck dude yeah yeah someone needs to someone needs to get on that someone needs to reskin papers please that would make a really good eShop game this really crazy dystopian mushroom kingdom god oh, damn that's yes. a good that's a good idea that is a good idea i love it uh JDP83 says, what is this cross-industry obsession with second screen experiences? I keep hearing it on TV shows as well with games. This sounds horrible and distracting. Why would anyone want this? Uh, I can think of a couple of reasons. One, tablets are so hot right now. Everyone has a goddamn yep. tablet. Uh, most people have iPads, but lots of people have you know all sorts of different tablets. Uh, this is a way to add content to games that you're theoretically already buying uh 
you know, get your, your tablet devices involved. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an easy buzz marketing thing that they can kind of just throw in there and say, look, we have this extra second screen experience. So this expensive tablet you already bought will totally work with this game that we're trying to sell you right now. Because people like the idea that there are things that they spend a lot of money on are useful for many different things. And it gives them, you know, it's, it's, it sounds appealing, at least from a marketing perspective. Now in practice, a lot of that shit doesn't really work very well or do anything of note. The Madden thing that I talked about earlier was actually one of the few times when I've looked at it and go, huh, you know what? Uh, I might actually mess with this because some of the defensive stuff that it talks about doing actually seems like it would be useful. Uh, another game I saw uh, last week, which is still under embargo, I cannot talk about uh, until later this week, uh, was less useful, honestly. You know, And it was mm. a, a more of an example of the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, this sounds like a really good idea until you actually look at what it is and think, well, this is kind of neat as a novelty thing, uh, but not really something that I could ever see myself doing uh, regularly. Uh, it, it is, to me, the tablet equivalent uh, in a lot of these cases of, in actually going back to Super Mario Galaxy, using the Wii Remote to collect all the damn stars. Because it's just like, it's it's the idea, it's, it's catnip for someone sitting next to you to play around and do stuff, but it's not really, you know integral or interesting to the game honestly i don't think well and th- and that's actually what i think is is strange about some of those ex- you know second screen experiences or whatever you want to call them um but like at least in in galaxy you know the in- level of interaction that the second person is having yeah uh, d- does not require them to like be competent at like interacting in a 3d space and being able to you know sort of uh, competently play a 3D platformer. That's sort of the reason that split is so wide. It's one person is actually playing this 3D game. The other person is just helping you collect things to get one-ups, which are com- completely useless um, in, in the Mario games and is one of the weird design decisions that continues to kind of just hobble along yeah. because it's always had it. Um, as opposed to something like The Division uh, of what they have showed of that game where, you know, the stuff you could do on a tablet is actually pretty meaningful sure uh or at least appears to be meaningful you know we have to kind of take their word on it till we have a chance to play it ourselves but appears to be pretty meaningful in terms of uh what interactions uh, the person using uh the tablet or phone uh, can do to influence what's happening in the main game but at that point that like doesn't that the kind of person that wants to sit down and do that just pl- want to play the game like sure. I, I don't i don't i don't think my you know my wife's going to want to sit and like call in air support like you know like that's that at that point at some point it's getting too involved in what's happening in the game that i i just i fail to see the appeal outside of saying look we came up with an interesting way to use it but that not anyone is going to want to practically use uh, when they could actually just be playing the game instead i think like the use case scenario of you being on a bus and your buddies are playing and you can help them out like seems like a good commercial fodder but like when is that's going to actually happen in practice seems seems like it wouldn't be that often yeah i i think if you can find the right thing and i someone mentioned this in the chat and i have heard other people mention this that the battlefield 4 stuff actually works really well if you're really into battlefield and you want to use it for like you know loadouts and and changing servers and all that kind of stuff like that Hmm. i guess that app is a really another good example of of that being done well but i think the original question was why are so many people doing it and it is because it is kind of a fad it's kind of a trend i think if you can Find something really useful for the game that actually, you know, it doesn't require you constantly juggling stuff. You know, you can do it kind of seamlessly and it actually has meaningful impact on the game. Then by all means, Mazel Tov, do it, bring it to the, you know, second screen experience. But a lot of the games I've seen so far that have done it 
haven't done it in a particularly meaningful or interesting way. So right. I'm waiting, you know, for something to really kind of blow me away with that stuff. At best, I have found like interesting curiosities and, you know, potentially neat ideas. Nothing that's really like grabbed me yet. So I'm still waiting on that. Uh, let's see. So I will at least acknowledge in the in the chat someone asked if I had uh, oh, Maxo Power asked if uh, the Vita version of Rayman was missing a bunch of levels. Ubisoft promised to update the game and add the missing stuff, but they haven't. Have you heard anything? No, I have not, but uh, I can shoot uh, an email to Ubisoft today and see if I can figure out what's going on with that. Yeah, they said a patch um, was coming, but they never gave a date for it, so. Right. Right. Um, Degsy Bright asks, do you think that with the next gen on the way, publishers might use this as a chance to try new things on a new platform, or will they stick to the cash cows and just not take any risk? Uh, I, th- I, You know, new platforms tend to be where new IP uh, comes into play. I mean, that's sure. Watch Dogs. Um, so, uh, I, I, you know, would not be surprised if something like Watch Dogs takes off that suddenly you see far fewer Assassin's Creed games, or maybe that goes, um, every other year, um, as a way of transitioning to, to something new. But, uh, I think next E3 is where we're going to see, uh, a lot of those announcements start happening. Um, you know, we're, it doesn't look like at least so far, I'm trying to think if there would be a game that would fit it. Um, you know, sort of an Oblivion type game, which is like a, a, an incredibly ambitious game that comes like in the first six months that kind of surprises everyone um, for for how ambitious it is uh, early on in a console cycle. But I can't think of any game that might fit that fit that mold. I mean, it's weirder now because we have way more games that are going to be straddling two generations as opposed to uh, debuting exclusively uh, on one or the other. And, and I think those kinds of games are ones we probably won't see till next fall um, anyway. Um, but I, uh, I, I expect around I expect around next E3 we'll, we'll hear more of that stuff. I uh, I just can't wait until Watch Dogs 4 where you're a pirate with a cell phone. Yeah. You know, yeah, just merge those two universes together. Yeah. Why not? Makes total sense. Why not? Oh, let's see. Let me find one more question. Hmm. Oh, Cold Phone asks... Uh, do you know where you're speaking on Saturday? No, I don't. Um, it's Dearborn Campus, right? I think something like that. Uh, any word on a Giant Bomb meetup? Uh, yeah, I'll announce details of something uh, about that uh, later in the week. Cool. I got to do that next Saturday. Yeah, Oof. that's that's soon. Yeah, I, I, I've been practicing every night, and I have now gotten to the point that I can... I does it doesn't mean that what I'm going to say is any good, but I have now gotten to the point where what I I can say it without looking at my notes. So <laughs> so I can give the speech no guarantees of quality of said speech. Well, but I that's good enough for now. Now I now I am no longer as nervous. Yeah, once you're uh, past the memorization okay. phase, that's when you can start adding some flourishes and some, you know, work on your tone and make sure that you're delivering it in that properly TED talk kind of cadence, you know, you have to, you have to nail that exact talk style. Otherwise it's just, it's just going to all fall apart, man. Yeah. So what, what, what's, what's the, what's the next big game? Is that, is it Batman? Is Batman the next, the next one on the oh, horizon? Oh yeah. Batman is up uh, pretty soon here. That's, what is that next week or the week after? Uh, it's, I'm looking at the new games page here right now. Uh, let's see. Well, this week uh, we have Lego Marvel superheroes. Uh, okay. We have Rocksmith 2014. Wait, no, wait, that's next week. I'm looking at next week. Sorry, I'm an idiot. This week is uh, not very much. 
Uh, fact, okay. There's almost nothing this week. Uh, God of War Ascension is now out on PlayStation Network. Get get hype. Uh, Skylanders, really. No one no one wants to compete with Skylanders this week, so this week is Skylanders Swap Force. Uh, there's a quick look at that up on the site right now. Lego Marvel Super Heroes is next week, alongside Rocksmith 2014 Edition. Uh, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, Dual Destinies, and Batman Arkham Origins, as well as Arkham Origins Blackgate for handhelds. Uh, and then it turns into a giant shit show because after that it's Assassin's Creed 4, Battlefield 4, Sonic Lost World, uh, WWE 2K14, uh, God, yeah, and Angry Birds Star Wars comes to consoles, Castlevania Lords of Shadow, Mirror Fate HD is out, uh, that there's, uh, there's a lot of shit going on, and then, uh, yeah, and then Call of Duty after that, so there is, okay, we're, uh, we're in the thick of it. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in the thick of it, Patrick. How do we, how, how are you feeling about stuff right now? How are you feeling about this holiday season? Well, I'm feeling okay. Like, Assassin's Creed, I won't play right away because right. I'm either going to play the you know PC version or uh, the next-gen version. Uh, I definitely got pretty spooked by the PC specs for Watch Dogs. We'll see how that actually ends up playing out in practice. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that was definitely the first indication of, uh, you know, it's been really nice that PC ports have gotten better and that you don't have to spend that much money in order to have a pretty competent PC. But, you know, if unless Watch Dogs is horribly unoptimized, mm-hmm. which I suppose is is a possibility, um, PC specs are about to take a pretty huge jump in yes. order for you to, to run those games, you know, at 1080p and a reasonable uh, frame rate. You know, I'm not a 60 frames per second uh, obsessor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty – I'm okay with 30. Um, so we'll – We'll see where that stuff lands, but I definitely, you know, I want to play Assassin's Creed 4, and I want to play Watch Dogs, and it's like, I'm going to wait and play, you know, I'm going to play those games on either PC or next-gen console, so I can push I can push Assassin's Creed, but um, I guess Batman, and I'm, I'm genuinely curious to see how those handheld versions turn out. Yeah, and, those, I, uh, and I think the console I did like the, good. yeah, and I, and I played the Vita one uh, at E3, and... It seemed interesting. Yeah. And I'll play a game from the Expect Metroid Prime developers for sure. Totally. And, yeah, I mean, there's 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 a lot of interesting stuff coming out here. You know, I, I've heard people say nice things about Sonic Lost World, which I still don't really know what to make of at all. But, you know, whatever. Um, Battlefield 4 and Call of Duty are obviously their own big-ass deals. Uh, I kind of want to play Lego Marvel Super Heroes. What I saw of it was cute, and I, I haven't played a good Lego game in a while. Uh, and sometimes I like to, you know, kind of just vegetate with one of those just kind of you know let my let the cute stuff happen in front of me without having to think a whole lot and if one of those games is good that's usually a good uh good space to do that in and that one looks that one looks fun looks cute so yeah all right well i think that's i think that's a show i think think that is a show i think that is a show um so what do you what do you got going on this week I guess maybe are you going to review Batman? I guess you might be getting Batman. I don't know. I, uh, I haven't talked about reviewing Batman, but I could review Batman. Um, that one I should probably at least ask about here soon. Uh, other than that, uh, I got some video stuff. I am uh, finally done playing through the games to to do a couple of Bombasca entries. Uh, All right. And I need to talk to you at some point about figuring out this live stream stuff because I I want to actually start doing that here relatively in the near future. So. I will, yeah, uh, what was what was the name of your thing that you came up with? Uh, Blight Club. Blight, Blight Club. Yeah, that's a great name. That's a great name. Yeah, we'll try. I'll try and help you uh, uh, figure that stuff out. So if you know, maybe if nothing else, we can do a test run uh, of that later this week. But that that sounds like some fun as we try to maintain our sanity uh, for the next couple of weeks, or ruin it um, entirely. 
Yeah. Uh, I will uh, answer this last question before we leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dogma asks, does anyone in the Giant Bomb crew uh, have the Dark Souls 2 beta? Uh, I got an invite, and I passed it on to the one person who could really use it, uh, Vinny Caravella. So it is in his hands uh, to do something with that. But I don't think he has access yet. Uh, sent, I sent over his information, but I, I don't think he quite uh, is in it yet. So Vinny has that, so I look forward to that. Um, and, yeah, I'm going to have a bunch of – horror stuff this week uh working working that stuff out um but a lot a lot i've used up a lot of my material we'll be winding down um and i want to do a uh spooking with scoops uh this week but i don't know if me i have to leave to from michigan early so i'm mm-hmm. not sure if i'll have time uh to do it this week but i should be able to do the the morning show on friday um from my hotel yeah i'm uh um, i'm actually i'm leaving on friday as well uh for my own little vacation uh though we're going out to massachusetts to go hang out in salem and a couple of other places we're, we're gonna go stay at the lizzie borden murder house uh this okay. weekend so that'll be fun uh but yeah I, I will also be here friday morning to do the show so no no episode being we're, we're not skipping episodes we're gonna be here we're gonna do this all right all right alex well i will uh i will talk to you on friday then Ow! see you later dude